Hello, Lisa. Hello, Diana. Welcome to Should We? A podcast with potential. As usual, not always, but usual, we have three questions today. Uh, We are in San Francisco. It's extremely sunny. It's a beautiful day, (laughs) much warmer than usual. Mm -hmm. It feels like summer. Yeah, it, uh, it is such a such a rarity such a rarity for it to actually feel hot and Mm -hmm. um yeah like in San Francisco we don't really get to experience seasons per se (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it usually just feels like spring Uh yeah which is amazing an amazing baseline but Mm -hmm. whenever we break out of the norm it feels really special so Mm -hmm. um and then everyone goes to the park and pretends it's the beach (laughs) they lay out in swimsuits in the park Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city which I find hilarious yeah yeah well I mean they're very adaptive to the environment (laughs) (laughs) So uh, our first question today is, should we rent the runway? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Diana, I'm, I have to confess that I'm a little bit nervous to talk about this. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to really make some, some real-time confessions here. Um, but it's just so present in my mind right now, so why not? We should go for it. Yeah, lean in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm leaning into this question. So, okay, how did this come about for me? I have no idea. I think it was, uh, I was, I I have a couple of of special occasions coming up. One is uh, Stephen's graduation. He's graduating with his PhD, which is so exciting. So we'll go to that, and then. And in, we've been looking forward to it for years. <laughs> for, for the entire time you've known each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the other thing is a really lovely um, gala that I've been looking forward to for, like, I've, I've been hoping to go. I wanted to go last year, but I couldn't. It's it's for my the nonprofit that my sister works, works at. So... Uh, both coming up close together and I thought I looked in my closet and I thought you know I have like a couple dresses that are fancy that I bought you know for a different occasion and they're fine but I don't really like them that much anymore or they're not just right for these particular things but I have I, I have this guilt and like obligation to wear them because I bought them and I should get the most value out of them and you know we had just talked about Marie Kondo last week right Mm -hmm. and so the the Marie method was on my mind the like you know I'm looking at these dresses they don't spark joy it's not like I have many of them you know I've tried to be really thoughtful and with each one I was like I really I'm really hoping this will spark joy many times over but it just wasn't true uh, so uh, also on a flight at some point I had watched this PBS documentary it was called makers and they just profiled all of these incredible female entrepreneurs and just uh, female leaders in business 
and many of them I hadn't even heard of before. I was so inspired. I was basically like crying, like tearing up at the end, which is the base. This is what I do on flights. Yeah. I just watch things that make me emotional. Mm-hmm. So one of the women who was profiled was Jennifer Hyman from Rent the who founded Rent the Runway, and uh, she her story was, was had some similarities to a few others in this documentary where they were basically saying, you know. I went as far as I could. I, I really did hit a glass ceiling in my career and I decided, you know, actually I could do this better. <laughs> so, so they went off and started their own thing and became wildly successful, blew their competition out of the water or just created something that had never been imagined before. So I found that very inspiring. All of these things intersected late one night. (laughs) And I looked up Rent the Runway. My perception of it had been, I think maybe was a little outdated. That, you know, I don't don't know. That it wasn't for me. That it was for effectively prom dresses. That's how I think of it. Like prom dresses for early 20-somethings. Exactly. Which doesn't even make sense because there's no such thing as prom for early 20 (laughs) something. Yeah, I just didn't have any idea what it was about at this point. Turns out it is for me. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Because not only do they have this really incredible selection and very, very big selection of not just dresses, all kinds of things just clothes, accessories, bags, but of course dresses, um, but but very curated. And I also feel like, okay, on the one hand, there's the me who has five shirts. Right. <laughs> you know? And it does not really try to keep up with trends. On the other hand... There's the me who has like 5,000 pins on Pinterest. <laughs> it's like my alter ego does have an endless closet, which is Rent the Runway's tagline. Your endless closet. Whoa. That's such a good tagline. It's so good. It's so good. And all of a sudden, all of these light bulbs started going off in my head. Because also... I knew about the model of rent one thing, um, but they have another model too, rent the runway unlimited. <laughs> unlimited. Diana, do you want to guess what this is? Or uh, yes, I, I have a vague idea, but let me just um, let me paint a picture. Okay. Uh, rent the runway unlimited. I predict is a model where you pay some amount, I'm going to say between $50 and $100 a month in order to have like an old style Netflix model of as fast as you can get them in and return (laughs) them, you're golden. Um, Meaning that the only constraint on making the most of it is your imagination and your facility with uh, shipping logistics. How right am I? You are are so close, Diana. Um, the, your, your price range is like a tiny bit low, but <laughs> really close and, um, very extremely similar to the Netflix DVD model. And so here's how it works. 
you can have three things at a time. Uh, you, you pay this monthly fee. You, you can have three things at any given moment. And you can return them as fast as you want, but you can always have three in your possession. You can send three back, you can send one back and keep others. You can keep them for as long as you want, just like those DVDs. Oh. As long or as little as you want. So, and yes, the only constraint is like shipping, you know, while you're sending it back, it takes time to get there and then to ship you a new thing. So you do have some dead time where you might be missing. You might not have three items. Mm -hmm. But imagine this, Diana, not just for dresses. Um, they also have jackets, coats, all kinds of coats. Uh, My eyes just got wide. You can't hear that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. I knew I was going to get you with that one. Yeah, I, I really, coats are like my, uh, they're my Achilles heel. <laughs> well, you have fabulous coats, but imagine if you could have an endless closet of yeah. coats to try. Yeah. And, uh, you know, functional things like, you know, a winter coat. Let's say, let's say you're going on a little trip outside of the Bay Area where you actually need a winter coat and you mm. want it to be a nice one. You're going to do, like have a business meeting yeah, or something. a business meeting somewhere cold. Yeah, right. Um, this is it. This and while you're getting your, your, your perfect uh, business uh, winter coat, why not have a bag to go with oh. it? And... Uh, why not a very versatile day to night sheath dress? <laughs> and then you've got your three things. Yeah. Mix and match yeah. with your other basics that spark joy <laughs> in your closet. <laughs> this is an extremely compelling pitch, Lisa. Yeah. Um how long how long have you been, <laughs> how long have you been a subscriber, may I ask? Uh, I have <laughs> okay so true confessions I became a subscriber and it happened very recently uh, it's been maybe like nine days okay so I've had one shipment yeah and I, I just mailed it back okay today okay so uh, I I've discovered like all of those pros are true mm -hmm. really true and then also like you don't ever end up with clutter you mm -hmm. don't ever end up with things that that don't spark joy sticking around um, also you can try out styles that seem like kind of risky mm -hmm. like oh I might like that but or 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 things that are totally out of your your normal budget but um, but you can try it from your endless closet. From your endless closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are there are some challenges. Okay, name them. <laughs> Number one, sizing. So when you're trying out brands and designers you've never you've never bought before, uh, you have no idea what the sizing's like. And so two of the things that came in this first shipment they didn't fit at all. Mm. I couldn't wear them. One did fit perfectly. It was really, it was the perfect thing. So I felt like it was worth the other two not working out. Mm -hmm. um, but then I realized, I also liked the idea that you never have to try things on in a store anymore, but it's not true. It works, I think it will work best 
if you actually try things on in stores mm-hmm. and then you know your brands you like and the sizes you need. So it creates a whole new lens on window shopping. You're going yeah. window you're going you're going window shopping. I mean we live in San Francisco. We have great selection here. Mm-hmm. It's just that the um the purchasing model is not conducive to people who care but not uh who care but also have some complicated feelings. Right. Right. And so so a perfect example for this is like a Kate Spade dress. Those dresses are so expensive. I don't need one of those dresses. And and if I had one, I wouldn't wear it multiple times because it's also so distinct. Mm-hmm. But they're also so flattering and perfect for a special occasion. So it's the perfect thing to like figure out your size and then you can wear it. Once in a lifetime, that's all you need. And it's, so I'll tell you what I'm finding attractive about this. I probably will just go home and subscribe today, <laughs> which is not my plan when we, when we set out these three bullet points. But here's what I really like. The, the Marie Kondo tie-in where it's like every, every purchase that's loved once, especially a special occasion dress or a special occasion outfit that you would naturally not wear for a period of time, at some point, my perception of it just starts decaying, and I feel bad for not making the most of it. And even if I still would objectively like it, I just feel worse because I haven't been making the most of it, and so I feel some guilt toward it. And then eventually, it really does go out of style, or like I ruin it somehow, and then you know that's over. So just saying, like your daily uniform is one thing, but then uh, the injection of style and novelty, and being able to experiment with your appearance and also the way you carry yourself um, is something that you uh, it's not like you're collecting you're just it's a process you Mm -hmm. know it's Mm -hmm. not like a uh, it's not an accumulation it's like a steady state process so I really like that I also perceive that I do not take very many style risks partly because um, I'm, I've bought in to like buy a few high quality things and have mm-hmm. them for a long time. This has always made sense to me and I finally like bit the bullet and bought some things that I really like that are very nice and that will last forever. Um, however, it does really uh, narrow the range of how I ever look and mm-hmm. the personalities that I can try on. And it's to the point where like I've finally completed my black outerwear and accessories collection after like 10 years of working on it but I mean what (laughs) (laughs) that's not you can't wear that as like I mean you can but I would much rather you know sometimes I see like a purple coat that looks amazing but if I don't have a trench coat yet I'm not going to buy a purple one as my first one I'm I'm very some people can do that but I'm I'm not um, I haven't really done enough experimenting in my life to feel like I make those style trade-offs and know that I'll just own it. Like, I'll own the purple coat and mm-hmm. I'll feel happy every time I wear it and I'm fine being the purple coat person. Right. Um, okay, there's more. Okay, Can I keep more. going? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. okay, here's the other thing. So my other hypothesis about this is that it might save me money. I think it, I think it might because I was trying to do the same thing only have own a few things that are very high quality be be really smart about it but then I kind of found that those rules were sort of too rigid and I 
I felt like I was spending more than I wanted to on only a very few things. And then sometimes I just needed something else, Yeah, you know? Um, so I, the other thing is dry cleaning. Mm-hmm. They handle, they do all the dry cleaning. It's baked in. It's baked in. So you also have to consider that expense when you start upgrading to like, okay, I'm really just going to buy a really, really fine blouse for work and wear it a lot while you're also going to dry clean it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that too, like the obligation to dry clean something afterward, but the knowledge that I could probably wear it one more time, but it won't look its best. It's just part of that, you know, peripheral vision perception of decay that makes me um, less feel less fondly toward this item that I just invested a lot in. Right, Um, right. So, yeah, that's very attractive. Okay, there's more. (laughs) Yeah, the other thing is, so you you can make hypotheses. So we've talked... A, a bit about like silky shirts mm-hmm. kind of billowy ones mm-hmm. and you had a hypothesis at some point that like this would be the best kind of shirt for you mm-hmm. as an everyday thing well they have those in your endless closet <laughs> <laughs> so you could you know include one in mm-hmm. your three things wear it a few times and figure out okay is it am i right or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I had that hypo- when I developed that hypothesis, I was still living in Germany and essentially doing all of my shopping in the U.S. So I would just order a bunch of silk shirts from Everlane so that I could test the hypothesis over my next three months in Berlin without buying any clothes. And so, I mean, I uh, a lot of things have changed now that I have access continuous access to American commerce. But I have to say, like the silk the silk hypothesis was directionally correct but had some downsides that I only appreciated once I was like living it Um, Mm -hmm. one of which was that I really needed to manage my sweat (laughs) (laughs) and thus the sweat protecting Mm -hmm. undershirt yeah I finally found the right solution which is a sweat protecting undershirt very good very good look out for the article one one day yeah in a famous publication that's the goal one day um so uh that was that solution but also dry cleaning and also steaming so like it turns out that you can anyway I'm going down the rabbit hole but silk shirts have some downsides it turns out that um like Sweater t-shirts are preferable for me in San Francisco for a lot of reasons, but that wasn't even on my radar a year ago. And who knows if I've like just done the local maximization, but there's actually an even higher peak available if I could just form and test more hypotheses rapidly rather than testing like one a year. Right. What if you could <laughs> test three a month or it's more? more than three months. More. It seems like it's about nine a month because maybe the yeah. the cycle is about 10 days. Yeah would be my guess yeah I'm not sure how long the whole cycle takes but it's not too bad I mean I put in an order on Sunday it was promised to come on Friday and it came on Thursday so not bad yeah and do you find so far in your nine days of subscription that you take pleasure in uh in managing those logistics or does it do you miss the instant gratification oh Diana (laughs) I take so much pleasure in this whole situation. First of all, the choosing the items. You get three and you fill in these little boxes on the website. They just get populated once you make your choices. Mm -hmm. It feels so fun filling in the blanks. Mm -hmm. And then 
actually, on the one hand, I wish it were like Amazon Prime now. <laughs> it just came immediately. On the other hand, there's something very satisfying about the anticipation, mm-hmm. waiting, counting down the days. Then it comes, and they are genius. No boxes. There are no boxes involved, extremely little packaging. It's a perfectly designed garment bag oh. that folds and zips up. It's reusable, like so you get to open it up like a present. Mm-hmm. And when you're all done, you put everything just back in the bag and zip it up. So easy. You don't even need tape. And then you drop it off at a UPS drop-off. Do you have a UPS drop-off point near you? This seems like the hitch in the program. Yeah, I have one like four blocks away. Great. Um, The other alternative in San Francisco and a few other cities is SHYP SHIP. Do you know about SHIP? Oh, goodness. This seems like... (laughs) No way. I'm not going to have an app for my app, Diana. No, but go ahead. Okay. So SHIP, SHYP... Um, my partner Eric pronounces it shipe, <laughs> just to, you know, disambiguate. Yeah. Um, ship will pick up anything via courier in under an hour during business, extended business hours for $5, but you can, mm-hmm. um, have them pick up as many things as you want at once. And if you already have shipping paid for through something like a subscription like this, um, you just include that. Uh, you just include that information, and you're just paying for the courier pickup, and they handle everything else. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, it has really changed the way I actually treat like online purchasing more like a try it and see situation. Oh, yeah. Now that now that returns are so cheap, um, because the whole the whole problem before was like returning something. Um, I would just feel so bad for having selected wrong in the first place. Like, if the concept was that it was a permanent belonging but I Mm -hmm. chose poorly and it wasn't great then I would feel bad about it and really avoid the like hour errand that I believed it would take to return it um but now I just batch things and have ship come and pick them up so yeah it's one of it's one of those it's one of those things I I think it's good to have in your back pocket but it sounds like you have a good system going already well you know we're we're talking about two things that I definitely don't need but <laughs> I've now convinced myself that that uh, one of them was made for me mm-hmm. and and the other one who knows? who knows there could be a time in my life when that one's just right for me too yeah well I mean the idea that uh, the idea that life is better with a certain amount of novelty and that novelty is better formatted as a subscription (laughs) (laughs) is uh, something that's intriguing to me, which actually leads into our next question. Yes, yes. Should we subscribe to things? Well, (laughs) do you want to go first? Sure. I I, uh, I feel like I'm on a roll. So uh, should we subscribe to things? So subscription model, in business school, there were like a million case studies about businesses essentially believing that if they could just get people to pay X dollars per month for something, they could make so much money. Um, and it's I understand why that's attractive. Like in the music business, the whole idea was that um, studies showed that, uh, you know, the average American spent $60 on music per year. And so if you can get them to buy a $10 a month subscription, you're actually doubling their spend. 
right? Mm-hmm. And if they were only spending $60 a, a year before, that means that they were probably only getting four or five albums. Um, so this seems like better for everybody. So there's the whole business angle of are subscriptions a good business and what are the downsides and what do they work for and what don't they? There's also the personal angle of how many subscriptions is too many. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, you know, we talked about the amazing relief of being able to replace permanent purchases of clothing with this subscription model where you don't have to manage your inventory and the depreciation of the items and, you know, the fact that they need to be dry cleaned, but you don't feel like dry cleaning them, etc. Um, but there's also a decay of subscriptions, I feel sometimes, where a part of the business model from the business's perspective is you'll just forget that it's auto charging your credit card every month. You won't mm-hmm. notice. And, you know, very, until quite recently, I definitely noticed every month. But at this point, like I do ha- kind of have to stay aware of all my subscriptions um, or else I'll be paying for things that I'm not using. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like what to subscribe to, I'm very pro subscribing to uh, endless media libraries. Uh, so I have a music subscription and I have a few different video subscriptions uh, because I'm very swayed by original programming. So uh, oh, that's where they get that's you. That's where they get you. So. And it's been so good lately. Every Everybody's doing really good mm-hmm. original programming. It's amazing. So the thing is, um, Amazon, not not Amazon, but Hulu and Netflix got really smart and they started offering, uh, they started offering free trials, quote unquote trials, mm. to people who've subscribed and quit in the past. Right. Um, so from a business perspective, reactivating is usually easier than activating in the first place. And it makes total sense that if they've been around for many, many years, somebody who subscribed once and then dropped it in a moment of budgeting, as I did, like, let's say, while I was in college or business school, now is a very fine moment for me to reconsider. Also, I'm still reveling in the American um, intellectual property (laughs) regime because in (laughs) Germany, uh, I couldn't subscribe to Netflix or Hulu or anything because uh, I could have subscribed to German Netflix, but I couldn't subscribe to American Netflix because they have really good um, IP blocking and VPN blocking. So there was no way for me to look like I was in the US and I didn't even really try at that point. So Mm -hmm. now I'm back and now I can have all I can eat media. Um, but I'm not really, the only thing I use Netflix for is like watching Netflix originals. And the Mm -hmm. only thing I use Hulu for is watching the Mindy project. And the only thing I use HBO now for is watching girls. Like I'm only, it's so rare that I would have a moment where I'm like, I want to watch something and I don't know what to watch because I'm very much a serious person. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all you can eat media subscriptions, I'm very pro. And then um, I want to play with subscriptions in other areas of my life, but I think that because the reason for me, the motive for subscriptions is a steady stream of novelty, but managing novelty is actually work as well. Mm-hmm. And so it has for it to be a good match, it needs to be in a domain where I would have spent money anyway, but novelty is preferable. Mm. And that's why Run the Runway sounds very promising to me. So, so far you have only mentioned digital subscriptions mm-hmm. and, and I've, I've talked about a very physical one and also the, the newspaper is my other one. Mm-hmm. It's very tactile, very sensory. Mm-hmm. Do you have any physical subscriptions? 
I think the answer is no. Wow. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Oh, no, I do have one um, that I got as a gift. It's a notebook subscription from Field Notes. Oh, is that the one where you sent me a one-time one? Uh, no, no, no that that's different. That's Rad and Hungry. Yes, um, but that has a subscription yeah. too. So there's this amazing woman who runs a company called Rad and Hungry, and she sends out, she travels to a new country every month, and she picks up uh, like office supplies that are unique to the country. Normal office supplies, not high-end ones. And then she comes home, and she makes a letterpress poster, and she makes a cute package and writes handwritten notes to everybody. And you can buy these kits as one-offs, but you can also subscribe for an entire year of, it turns out to be 10 kits, because she takes one summer month off and December off. And um, She takes a month or two off from traveling Yes, the world. exactly. I love exactly. that. Her she, vacation yeah. is maybe like, stay put. <laughs> exactly. So she is just like a machine. Um, and I have had... The best experience is um, purchasing her kits as gifts because it's now I'm revealing like my secret, but it's such a good gift because yeah. it's like she puts so much love and care into the packaging, um, but it's also not stuff that takes up a lot of space and it's very practical stuff. Like everyone could use a pencil, everyone could use a pen, everyone could use a notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine came with a print of a Scotty dog. Mm-hmm. Everyone like me could use the print of a Scotty Exactly. Dog. You get all these extra things, but they're just love and care applied to paper, which is like the whole attraction of stationery in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I think I actually, um, my mom got a subscription, like a three month subscription to Rad and Hungry once and had a really nice experience with it. But for me, just knowing that it exists and is always being refreshed is enough. And I typically get it as gifts for other people rather than as something for myself because I actually have a pretty good system for buying new notebooks and now I have like a notebook subscription that brings new notebooks into my life all the time and I get a lot of notebooks as gifts because people think of me as a stationary nerd and writer which is not wrong it's true so you have a field notes subscription Mm -hmm. I have a field notes colors subscription so every few months they send a few brown craft paper notebooks their standards and then they send like their special edition um the winter one turns from pearlescent white to blue in the sunlight. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're very pretty. They put a lot of love and care into the designs, um, and I was really happy about it. Wow. Um, this is also making me think about subscriptions I don't have but have thought of mm-hmm. of getting. One is to Skillshare. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything that's a subscription to knowledge and, and has to, to learning and has this promise of like subscribe and then you'll, you know, become the great whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that you want to be. <laughs> you'll live your best life. Yes. <laughs> subscribe yes. to your best life. <laughs> that like all it takes is nine ninety nine and watching a, a few 20 minute videos and not doing the homework and then maybe I could, mm-hmm. you know develop a new skill (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know it's harder than that which is why I haven't subscribed I think it would be more worthwhile if I when I'm ready to commit to doing the homework yeah well that's the thing about subscriptions is that often they pitch themselves as a way for you to make a commitment and that's how they justify the uh, motivational dynamic of you you paying the money for something that you could otherwise get for free like Skillshare right. I'm sure there's a lot of classes online you could use but their whole concept is like once you're paying for it 
you'll feel uh, you'll feel more committed. But that doesn't really work for me. Like if I pay for something, I'm just as likely to start avoiding it as I am to doing it. So. <laughs> Diana, this is a perfect segue to our next question. That's so right. Which is, should we exercise? Go ahead, keep going. Okay, should we exercise? Uh, Not if we don't have to. (laughs) So I had a really good conversation with my friend Kate Houston a week ago, and Kate loves exercising. She loves it. It's part of her identity. She does it for a few hours a day. She doesn't feel like herself if she doesn't do it. And talking to her about this one-on-one really released me from an underlying belief I've had for a long time, which is that exercising is something everyone should do, right? But... That, wait, you've, yeah. you've released yourself from I've released from myself that? from that belief. Okay. I mean, yes, everyone should do it. I should do it more. But, like, the feeling of should is not helpful because... Uh, there is probably an activity that I would yearn toward and really embrace as part of my identity and love doing that would accomplish the same goals. And so like a joyless elliptical session is not like if it doesn't give me an enormous endorphin Skype, which it uh, Skype, an enormous <laughs> endorphin uh, spike, which for me, it doesn't. Um, there's no reason to drag myself to the elliptical machine. Like, I am pretty healthy, you know, I I walk a relatively large amount in living in cities and like there's nothing, there's no lack that exercise needs to fill. Yes, I would probably lead an even something even closer to my best life if I were exercising, but the feeling of like, that's the thing that's standing between me and this new plateau of amazing is just not backed up by the incremental experiences I've had. So, mm-hmm. like, I've done, I've had times in my life when, like, I effectively subscribed to a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had times where I've, I've subscribed to apps as, a, you know, like a yoga app or... Um, I, I did end up trying the app that I told you about a few episodes ago, SkyFit, which does audio lessons. And I actually liked it pretty well, but... I chose not to subscribe in the end because I think that the entire premise of gym work as a necessary component of a good life is not really true for me. Um, So bottom line, um, should we exercise like relative to what, you know, what, what is, (laughs) should that be, should that be the next major project of your life? I'm not convinced it should be the next major project of mine. But I have this background thread running, like my my latest theory is that um, beginner modern dance classes are like the thing that will make me Mm. um, feel really whole and like I'm expressing myself in a different way and also moving more than I would otherwise. But that's not the point. Um, You know, I think Mm. that that could meet a lot of different needs at once. And I found a really cool sounding studio down the street. So that's my current optimism. Oh, Diana, you have to tell me about this yeah. place, especially if you try it. This is that, That's a pretty good segue to my experience with exercise. So I'm really on the same page as you right now. I walk a lot, and that's pretty much how whatever exercise I get. I really enjoy walking, especially out in this nice weather we have all the time. The idea of going to a gym sounds horrible to me. Um, the only other thing I do is that like once in a while I'll take a yoga class. But the thing, I mean, the yoga classes I prefer are like beginner or like like 
geriatric yoga <laughs> and and those classes like maybe they don't even count as exercise <laughs> the kind of yoga I like is mostly lying down mm-hmm. and breathing same <laughs> and but here's the thing I'm not actually a beginner because I used to be a dancer mm-hmm. when I was younger and so there was a period in my life of maybe like eight years or something where I was dancing like 30 hours a week Mm -hmm. so I was getting an extreme amount of exercise um but it was never that was never the point at all it was extremely fulfilling and and immersive Mm -hmm. and in a type of experience I've never really been able to replicate in any other way um and also very, very creative, just very rigorous, just so satisfying in so many ways. Uh, but once I stopped, I just stopped. Mm-hmm. Cold turkey, it didn't feel good doing it halfway mm-hmm. and kind of remembering what it was like to be at that peak mm-hmm. level of training. So, but I am, I am interested in the idea of bringing dance back into my life but you know really not for for the purpose of exercise just only to find out if it could bring me joy right exactly and I think that the people I know who love exercise love it because it changes them you know they for a lot of people they're in immense pain like their backs hurt if they Mm -hmm. don't do yoga regularly or they uh don't have enough energy if they're not doing cardio Um, and they find this thing and it's like basically a silver bullet for them that just takes time and energy but Mm -hmm. gives them a lot in return I've never had exactly that experience with it and it just makes me think like everyone's different Mm -hmm. and you know the things I'm solving for are not generic things they're very personal things and you know similarly I played piano for an hour plus a day for 14 years of my life and then stopped cold turkey and I sometimes still have dreams where I feel bad about missing piano practice for the day right oh wow Um, but I had this like very expressive creative meticulous uh dynamic activity that I spent one out of every 24 hours on and to drop Mm. that completely seems really weird you know it was a big part of my life so you know dance is not exactly the same but for me because I was never a dancer I don't have that sense of the peak that I'm always falling short of. Mm-hmm. Where with piano, I do. I had a very similar experience where once I wasn't doing it all the time, it wasn't um, satisfying to go halfway. But dance is like my new domain. So mm-hmm. I wonder if for you there's a new domain that would address similar desires. Yeah, and it may just be a different type of dance. Mm-hmm. Well, now I want to go do something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all this, all this talk of getting out and walking yeah. and dancing yeah. and and everything. It's and plus the sunlight is mm. is shining in. So I think the outdoors is calling mm-hmm. to us. We'll call right back. 